I tell you to be different and creative and think this way. A much used business cliche. Kayla. What is outside the box? You got it. We're flying high with the wings and talking all things lacrosse. You're now listening to the Outside the Box podcast right here on Underground Sports Philadelphia. Welcome into episode number 264 of the allegedly award-nominated number 9 NCAA ranked, honorably mentioned, viewable on YouTube, Outside the Box podcast, the official lacrosse podcast on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. It's KB, it's Deej coming at you. We've got quite a lot to talk about on this episode. Who doesn't love a good Thursday on Lax Twitter? Uh, We're going to dive into... Week 13 of the NLL, if you missed our full-blown PLL Championship Series recap episode, that came out on late Monday, early Tuesday this week. Uh, Go check that out. It's available. We did an episode early in the week to just full-blown recap the Championship Series and everything that went down. It's like almost an hour of just full-blown Championship Series. So if you missed that, we'll link it in the description. It'll probably be right here. Um on YouTube, if you're watching, it'll pop up in the eye at the top right corner. Um, but definitely go check that out as well. We're going to dive into NLL Week 14. We've got quite a lot of firsts uh, across the NLL board this week and some fun matchups across the board as well. Uh, we're going to dive into PLL coaching news because every team now has an official head coach. And then uh, Deej will give us our college lacrosse rundown. And, of course, we'll get into that lax Twitter banter that everybody just loves to partake in. Uh, but before we get started, make sure you guys are following us on the socials at OTB LaxPod, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, follow Deej on Twitter at SCS underscore next great. Follow me at KBIZZL311. Subscribe to the podcast feed, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, we're there. Leave a five-star rating and review. goes a long way for helping the show continue to grow. Gets more eyeballs, more ears on the show as well. And, uh, you know, we're just trying to take this thing to the gosh damn moon. Um, so go subscribe on Apple and Spotify. And, of course, subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel. That's where you get full video episodes of every podcast for OTB and every show on our network, you get live streams, which DJ have been like in my brain thinking maybe this weekend is a time to to bring back the OTB cast. Depending on the game. Obviously. There is a certain game this weekend, though, that we were talking about pre-show. Uh, I'm not available at the start of that game. Probably same. 
we'll let you guys know. That's why you got to follow us. It's, yeah, yeah. I could potentially. No, I can't, actually. I have a manicure and pedicure at 2 o'clock, and my beginning engagement is over at 1230. <laughs> Are you laughing at me? thinking of pre-show what i said (laughs) i feel like jafar with the list yep yep wait you said your beginning engagement is at 12 30 no that's uh when it ends i have to be up at like eight and it starts i wasn't talking about that game because i'm going to be at that game oh the other one the other game i could do that one that's the one i was thinking about yeah, I could do that one. We'll let you guys know. Follow us at OTB Laxpod. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to do it from the press box. Hey, <laughs> it's plausible. <laughs> um, but subscribe to the YouTube channel. We hit 400 subscribers as of today, recording this on Thursday night. So shout out to everybody who subscribed. The first 400 subscribers. Let's get to 500 by the end of the month. Who knows? Let's keep subscribing. We need to get to 1,000, but next benchmark is 500. Uh, so go subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. And, guys, go get your merch. PHI Apparel Company. They're the best in the game. We want to see you guys wearing OTB merch at your favorite NLL team stadium when you go on the road this summer to watch the PLL. Uh, and we want to see it across college campuses everywhere. Uh, PHI Apparel Company is the exclusive and official merch partner of Underground Sports Philadelphia. They carry OTB merch. We got the hoodies, the shirts. DJ, I got to get a hoodie before uh, PLL season. I was telling CFO Margie this this weekend when we were in Virginia. I was like, and I tell you this all the time too on the road. Like when we go out at night, like to just go eat or something. I get so envious of you because you have the wherewithal and the brain to be like, I need to pack a hoodie. I always forget to pack a hoodie with me on the road. So I need to get an OTB hoodie to bring with me on the road this summer. You know um, what that means? That just proves that this is really worse here when it comes true. to weather. Because I don't leave. Without, it's the middle of winter or the middle of summer and I have hoodies. Like, why? Why do I have hoodies in July? My but brain is just like, oh, it's summer. No hoodie needed. Nope. I need I need three. Like I, have, I always forget because yeah, we've bunch. been in some situations where we walk outside and I'm like, fuck. And I'm like, you're Gucci. good. <laughs> I need that. And I not a not a sponsor, but I need to get slides. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. I need to get slides, but I need to get an OTB hoodie, which will be coming soon for sure. You guys can get your own. You can get the, the logo shirt. You can get the OTB hoodie. Uh, when you go to phiapparel.co, use code UNDERGROUND. You get 10% off any and all merch orders. Uh, it's the most effective and direct way to support everything we're doing here at OTB and with Underground Sports Philadelphia. So go get your merch, phiapparel.co, and use code UNDERGROUND for 10% off. And make sure you tag us, Twitter, Instagram, wherever. Tag us so we can see where you're rocking your merch from. What's poppin', Deej? We live in the dream, man. Man. Lacrosse season is right around the corner for high school. 
uh, we're in dead period right now. Uh, officially started yesterday. Yesterday, yeah. Um, See what you call dead period. So, I call I can breathe period. <laughs> oh no, I'm not breathing because I got everything else going on. We got district basketball going, so I'm announcing that, and I'm still got radio. And there's a certain there's some things going on that I can't necessarily talk about, but there's even more work being put on me at the day job now. So. I'm being run thin still, but oh, yeah. hey, that's okay. Um, that's a distraction a little bit. Run you, thin and we, we'll you, have you, three podcasts in the matter of a week. Yeah, exactly. You know where I am right now, and being busy is perfect. Um, yes. But I'm excited for season to come around. Uh, we got some quarter zips in the making for me and my coaches. Um, jerseys came in, as y'all saw earlier this year. So I am excited to get a uh, photo shoot going, get practice going. First game is March 22nd. So we're at it in 20 days. Well, 20 days from, from today when we're recording. It's right around the corner. You know, I, I get to breathe for all of two seconds, and then it's like, oh, start your engines. Um, and I'm going to get my first win this year. First win as a head coach this year. I dig that. I dig that. You also, uh, you're also going to be part of the uh, content team on a new project we have here. Yeah. I'm excited for that, dude. That's you can talk to the people. It's official. The first episode's launched. It's full send. You're right. F1 Underground is out. It's popping. Most likely going to be coming out on Wednesdays. It is the thing to be on. Um, obviously, it's hard to watch a ton of F1 uh, due to the timing. We're getting lucky this week. We get a 10 a.m. start time next week. Dumb 1 a.m. stuff, but F1 is where it's at. It's all the things you dislike about NASCAR have been taken out. So it's not just this basic four circle track. Uh, the cars are much faster, much smaller. The announcers are better. It's just a lot more action. Um, and there's a lot more to know about the background of these, um, these drivers. There's a lot of banter that goes on with them on it's social like media. Exquisite NASCAR. <clears throat> it's literally like exquisite NASCAR. Like, like, Think of indie, but like on steroids. Yeah, like NASCAR and, and is like beer, and uh, F one is like champagne. Tequila. Oh, <laughs> but yeah, no, nah, it, it's it's amazing, and there's so much into it. Um, there's like thirty different teams, and they have they each have like two cars. There's a championship that lasts like nine quarters of the year. It's it's fantastic. Um, get over and watch it. Casey and Owen are fantastic. Um, I'll be doing some stuff here and there with them and probably will be flying behind the scenes helping with socials more than anything. But F1 Underground is is definitely the podcast to be listening to. Yeah, go check out the podcast. Uh, it's on Apple. It's on Spotify. It's on Amazon Music. Um, it's wherever you get your podcast pretty much. It's on the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel. Uh, and Go follow at F1 underscore underground on Twitter. And then uh, – or no, I'm sorry, underground underscore F1 on Twitter and then underground F1 uh, on Instagram. But Deej, we've got uh, week 13 in the books of the NLL season. To recap uh, the short slate that we had, Colorado top Panther City 14-12 to behind our guy, Ryan Lee, 10-point performance. 
Las Vegas pulls that that sneaky upset, 11-9 over Calgary. Rochester in the second longest game in NLL history. Uh, tops New York, 11-10. Georgia gets their first win of the season, 20-4 over Albany. And then Vancouver gets a sneaky upset win over Saskatchewan, 16-12 to make the standings going into week 14 look like this. Three teams at 8-2 and two in the East, Buffalo, Rochester, and Toronto. Halifax at 5-5. Five and five. Philly at 3-5. and five. They had a bye week this past week, so they didn't play uh, to kind of move up, but they will be playing two games this week. Uh, Albany sits at two and seven, New York at two and eight and Georgia at one and seven. And then in the West, San Diego at six and two Calgary at seven and four Saskatchewan at five and four, uh, Panther city at six and five Colorado at five and five Las Vegas at four and five. And then Vancouver at two and nine. Um, obviously biggest headlines were the second longest game in NLL history, uh, Georgia gets their first win in dominant fashion. Um, and maybe Colorado's not dead. <laughs> mm, maybe. They're, they're hanging on for like dear life. They're like well, Wong I mean, in Multiverse of Madness when he's hanging on to the cliff. That's Colorado right now. It's hard to tell. I don't like what I see for the most part, but this past week was kind of what I thought was going to happen when we decided to go with the same picks. There was all, there's always two sides of the pendulum. Whenever that happens, we yep. either sweep and like, or like get one loss by some dumb luck or it goes coin toss. <laughs> it went coin toss. Um, I'm not, happy but, we might not be happy with our picks, but for league parity and like just like the overall like goodness of of the league, like to see some of the upsets that happen, shake up the playoffs a little bit this late in the season, is fun because it's not it's like your spot's not safe. You gotta win. Like I like that aspect of the NLL right now with how um, you know outside of the top dogs in the East and maybe San Diego, like everyone else, it's like we gotta win every week to secure our, our ticket to the postseason. Um, but we were right about Albany. They are dead, dead. I mean, to lose 20 to four is, ugh, yikes. To Georgia, too. Yikes. Who hadn't won a game yet this year. Yikes. Yeah. Overall, kind of just a yucky week outside of what we said was going to be the game of the week. Rochester and New York. And then Vegas and Calgary was fun. Um, Vegas being scrappy. Reminding me eerily of Panther City last year. Like, they're just hanging around, doing the thing, and who knows how long, you know, they'll hang around. But to be an expansion team still in the mix going into week 14 is pretty exciting. Extremely. Um, I kind of saw this coming the first couple weeks of the year, but... Obviously, it was hard to tell exactly how successful they were going to be. Um, but it seems like everybody's bought into the program. They're having a good time out there. And that's really what it, what it's about, the fact that they're all enjoying themselves and the company that they have. And, and that's what makes a good team is chemistry and, and enjoying 
um, not only each other, but just being out there and playing the game. Yeah, hundred percent. And I mean, loaded schedule this coming week, uh, but week thirteen in the books, which brings us to DJ's state of the fandom. Brought to you by our good pals over at Tomahawk Shades, the best small batch eyewear in the game. Springs right around the corner. Not that that means it's time to put your sunglasses on. That's year-round. You should be wearing your blue light glasses when you're watching lacrosse on TV. But the amount of lacrosse we have, your eyeballs are going to get strained. They're going to hurt. I can feel my eyeballs, like, crushing me right now. And when I'm editing, I'm wearing my blue light glasses because it literally is a game-changer in terms of just, like, eye health, feeling better, sleeping better. Uh, and Tomahawk Shades is the place to go. They have everything you need at a quality production standpoint, quality products for a fraction of the price of the big dogs that are putting these types of products out. And you guys, when you go to TomahawkShades.com, use promo code USP, you get 25% off at checkout. Any order, you can use this code anytime. Uh, go use it. Tomahawk Shades has been supporting us for since literally – as soon as peak pandemic happened, they were like, yeah, we're going to jump on board with you guys. So very thankful for them. They're owned partially by Kyle Harrison, Chris Hogan, ever heard of them. Um, so, you know, they're doing things for lacrosse players. You can get those Trevor Baptiste Speedboy glasses um, as well. TomahawkShades.com. Use promo code USP for 25% off your entire order at checkout. Deej, how is the fandom looking? You eliminated another team last week. Um, so three teams off the board with Vancouver, Georgia, and Albany. But how are things looking heading into week 14? Is everybody else still in play? Yeah, going back to that parody thing you mentioned, like the league is just so tight right now. A lot of teams are playing good. Uh, everybody's really kind of just in the thick of things. So I can't really dismiss anybody. I'm not – like I said, I'm not really thoroughly impressed with Colorado still. Um, obviously, Albany is – no, I kicked Albany out. Sorry. Um, New York is in the weirdest spot ever. Um, we have a, a special kind of bond already, but they're also not really producing. So, But New um, York keeps that. adding to us – rocking with them regardless because shout out to an og a catalyst of this podcast being where it is today uh dana jackson just announced that she is now joining the social team for the new york riptide truly uh could not be happier for dana she is you know she's the first member of a pr team to take a chance on this company first person to take a chance on me Alex McIntyre, Brooke Destra, to give us credentials when the Wings came back to Philadelphia in 2018-2019, and then just becoming friends with Dana, and then meeting Kyle on a more personal level, Kyle being super supportive uh, of this show, he's one of the most, uh, he's uh, probably top three recurring guests on this show, player-wise, um, so the entire Jackson family like is so supportive of this show. I couldn't be happier for Dana that she's back in the NLL, back in the lacrosse space. Um, it's been a while, obviously, when uh, when baby Tegan was born. So she's been on mom duty big time with Tatum and Tegan. But very excited for Dana. Uh, the New York Riptide 
you know, just media team continues to grow and become one of the best in the entire league and some of the best in sports in general uh, with Dana and Tyson Guy back together. Uh, that's going to be unbelievable content. And uh, the New York Riptide got one hell of a human being in their building. So couldn't be happier for Dana and uh, couldn't let this episode go by without giving a, a shout out to somebody who literally like is a big reason to being like, DJ is in that seat, why I am here, why we're 264 episodes into this show. Um, so shout out to Dana and, and big ups to the Riptide for bringing Dana in. And also, um, considering how many former Wolverines play professional lacrosse, <clears throat> there's currently only one of them playing in the NLL right now. If another happened to join, oh, and he, he does that one place for the Riptide. So yes. if another happened to join the Riptide, I would pretty much be like forced because they do have someone else that is technically on their roster, but just doesn't play. It would be like impossible for me, MJ. Oh, right. It's kind of impossible for me to not, therefore, become a fan of theirs so hands off kj he's stanking philly (laughs) (laughs) if you want me there's the name you need to holler at that's all i can say what if i was just like mikey schlosser (laughs) hey i mean he's played box he played for the seals before he did he did i mean hey the trifecta wouldn't be bad either uh so as we move on from week 13 state of the fandom still the same there we move to week 14 uh, for the NLL. This is the slate we have this week, Deej. Uh, Friday, we have one game in Halifax, 6.30 p.m. Eastern time. It's Buffalo. It's Halifax. That's always a matchup that is like, get your popcorn ready. It's going to be a doozy of a game, especially in Halifax. But with either team, whoever's the home team, it'll always be a doozy because it's great home turf advantage for both teams. Uh, then we have our first morning lacrosse. Wake up, East Coast. Uh, New York at Philadelphia, 11.30 a.m. Eastern time. And, Deej, it's Kids Day at the Wings game on Saturday morning, which I got an email from Wings PR this week, and I don't know if you saw their post on Twitter or Instagram. There's going to be a live petting zoo in the Wells Fargo Center this weekend. <laughs> Do you, you want to hear? Do you <laughs> want to hear? I am going nowhere near it. Um, but do you want to hear the animals that will be in said petting zoo this Absolutely. weekend? Absolutely. Okay. So these are the uh, the included animals in the Wings petting zoo this weekend. Um, it's it literally feels like real life Madagascar. <laughs> it's gonna be in the Wells Fargo Center. Um, so let me pull it up here because I thought I had it in my email, but it was just no graphic. Um, (laughs) so here we go. Kids day petting zoo. The wings will have in the Wells Fargo center on Saturday morning, a camel, a baby yak, a goat, a lamb. A rabbit, a blue tongue skink, 
whatever that is, a tortoise, a snake, and a tarantula. Minus the last two, I kind of want to go. I'm definitely trying to, like, pat a camel. You think they'll let me ride it? Like, bro, it's a camel. Are you for real? A camel, bro. And a baby yak. That's... You don't want to go to the petting zoo? Are you for real? Do you know how bad it's going to stink? <laughs> I mean, hey, you do it on your way out. You getting in the car by yourself. Camels are terrifying. You let the window down. You scared of camels? Camels are kind of creepy. Bro, I'm more scared of kangaroos than a camel. Nah. Bro, you tripping. Kangaroos like Kangaroos kangaroos are killers. intimidating. They camels are just killers, creepy. Bro. What's wrong with a camel? They're just creepy and they spit. <laughs> bro, so do alpacas and llamas. Yeah, it's disgusting. They're also <laughs> creepy as fuck. That's not creepy. They just have the creepiest, like, the way their, like, jaws move, too. It just freaks me out. As as the TikTok generation says, they give me the ick. <laughs> Not the ick. <laughs> the baby yak graphic on here does look pretty cool, though. I mean, yeah, it's a baby yak, bro. You got to at least slide and see the baby yak and the goat. I'll take a picture from, like, 20 feet out. You have to. Now, now that you just said it, you have to. Yeah, we'll, we'll, see, be, we'll, we'll see how be much ex- time I have. We'll be expecting to see it on the next next week's pod. Yeah. A cutaway of, of you I'll just, I'll at, like, least, I'll, at least walking past. I'll just like run by real quick like I'm dash <laughs> from the Incredibles. I'll post the video and it's just like, he's a runner. He's a track star. <laughs> oh, man. So that's going on at 11.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Uh, then 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time, we've got Las Vegas and San Diego in the first outdoor box lacrosse game in league history and potential, like, ever history. If I, f- I forget how they're advertising it, but I know it's the first in, like, NLL history for the outdoor box game uh, with Vegas and San Diego. Then 7 o'clock, we've got... Two games, Rochester at Toronto, and then Georgia at Albany. They're just running it back this time in Albany. Uh, Then 8 o'clock Eastern time on Saturday, Saskatchewan at Panther City. And then hit the music. Monday Night Lacrosse on ESPN. We've got the Toronto Rock, and we've got the Philadelphia Wings. Monday night, 7 o'clock Eastern Time at the Wells Fargo Center. Very excited for Monday Night Lacrosse. Yeah, me too, because y'all going to lose. Well, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, it it is hype, though, because, like, I've been been looking forward to uh, multiple days of lacrosse. And that's one thing I really like about college is, I get a random Tuesday night game. I get I get a Friday night game. Like that's what I want is to just be able to come home and just turn on my TV any day any day of the week and get lacrosse. And like this is the work. first pro Monday night lacrosse we've had since the PLL bubble. 
Yeah. And and we're getting closer to that every year. Um, sixes, for example, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, Thursday night that, NLL last year. Yeah, Wednesday, Thursday was amazing. Thursday night NLL a couple times last year was fantastic. Um, we're getting Monday night. Like, we're getting the Saturday matinees. Like, all of that. We Like, that. that is all-encompassing, and that's what the sport needs because um, there's just more chances for more eyeballs. So. I love the. I think it was Jeff Cornwall tweeted it. It was either Jeff or Travis, so I apologize. Um, that said that we need Sunday matinee lacrosse every weekend after the Super Bowl on ESPN. Yes, like I would yes. love that. Me, I would love that. Um, so loaded schedule. What games are you looking forward to the most this week, Deej? Because I have three that like I have circled big time. Um, I mean. Avi, Avi, my uh, the the competition between our teams because you have a team. I don't necessarily have a team yet, um, but that one's definitely scheduled, and it's pretty much a matinee at eleven thirty. So hype! Um, anytime like Premier League stuff. <laughs> Wake up with the Premier League. <laughs> nah, for real. That's pretty much what it is. Like. I think the only other thing on is going to be like a college game, like one yeah. college game. Um, but the Friday night game, Buffalo Halifax, anytime the orange, purple, white, black, any other, every color in the rainbow get together and play each other. Um, that's a good game. I'm excited for the outdoor game. Yep. And um, I mentioned the Monday night game. Uh, pretty much, I guess. Rochester, is, Toronto as well. Yeah, this is that's another battle one of those, for first place. It is that game, but this Obviously, is another one of those pending weeks. what happens in Halifax as well. This is another one of those weeks where it's like everything but one game. Like this is a loaded week, really. Yeah. Outside of the Georgia Albany game, like I'm super excited for this week. Like, yeah. Am I optimistic that Albany will bounce back and give them some kind of game because they just got blown out last week? Yeah, but I don't know. That makes me. I don't want to. I don't want to talk too much about Albany. You know, like. There's not a whole lot there to talk about. So, like, other than that game, this is one of the best weeks we've had all year. Yeah. Um, very excited to also just see Las Vegas continue to be frisky playing San Diego. There's a lot of uh, fun stats this week. I feel like we need to, um, with his permission, get away to brand uh, Adam Levy stats <laughs> for uh, – the pod because he just tweets out some of the best stats. If you're not following Adam, who was a interim co-host of this podcast for two episodes, um, way back when, but some awesome stats, um, put out here today by Adam that I want to pull up. Um, where is the one? Oh, well, here's one uh, that takes place in the Halifax game. Jake Withers needs to recover two loose balls to pass Steve Toll. Uh, 826 is the number for third most loose ball recoveries in Thunderbirds franchise history, and this includes the old Nighthawks. Okay. Um. So where is Lucy's one games? Lucy's win game. Put it on a shirt. Where is... Here it is. The other stat that is going to be more than likely, I think we can both agree, this probably gets broken unless some unforeseen circumstances happen. Um, 
Blaze Reardon and Matt Rambo are both four goals behind Kevin Crowley, uh, 80 goals scored for the most goals scored in fr- new franchise history. Um, I don't know if this – I doubt this also includes the old wings because I think Adam is calculating those traveling with the New England Black Wolves to then the Albany Firewolves. So I'm assuming this is in new wings history. Um, and the wings play two games this week, obviously, so Blaze – and Rambo could pass Kevin Crowley's mark by the end of the weekend. That will be really cool. Um, simply because, like, Kevin's a franchise icon. He was traded back here to kind of do what he did for the time that he was here. And then Blaze and Rambo have been here since day one of the team being back. So it would be pretty cool to have, like, that new generation kind of, you know, cement themselves uh, in franchise history. Because I think we can both assume barring any unforeseen circumstances, those guys are going to be in Wings uniforms for quite some time. Oh, yeah. They've been an integral part of the team this year, too. Um, They started off the year kind of keeping them in it offensively and giving them something to use offensively, especially Blaze. He's off to one of his better years offensively in the NLL. If not best. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised to see them both pass this weekend. it could be a simple two and two, could be three and one. Like they, they're liable to both have good games, both games. So, um, don't expect this to be the last record they break in a Wings uniform. Um, I feel like they're every offense at this point in the league, in the way the the NLO is going, every team pretty much has a top six as far as offense goes. And if you're in that top six, you're pretty much you're good. And yeah. Looking at the way this Wings offense is constructed, arguably you can say Blaze and Rambo are one and two. I mean, obviously they're not one and two options on the floor, but how the team is constructed and how they play and how often they're used, you could say they're one and two. Yeah, especially with their their age and potential moving forward. I think the Wings are one of those few teams that have like. Instead of like a top six, like they're like one, one A, one B. Like there's very few teams that have that. Like Buffalo has that, Toronto has that, Halifax has that, uh, Rochester has that this year. The Wings have that, San Diego has it, obviously. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be cool. And I think if things can break either of those guys' way, if not both, uh, throughout the rest of the season, like they could hit that hundred goal mark by the end of the year, which would be pretty special. That would be crazy if they both had 100 goals in the year. That's um, I don't know how many times that's been done, excuse me, if ever done um, by teammates in the same year, but I'm sure it has. Probably. Yeah, to hit that milestone, like career milestone. But to do it, yeah. Same season as teammates would be pretty cool. Yeah, that's legit. Both 20 goals. They need 20 more career goals each to hit that 100 mark, so. Or 24, I should say. They're both four off of 80, so 24 more. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility for either of those guys if one of them has a hot couple games down the stretch. With what, six games left? Five Uh, games? Yeah, five or six, something like that. It's possible. So there's a lot to uh, look forward to there. And then last fun Adam Levy stat. Uh, Follow Adam at Adam Levy Sports. That's L-E-V-I. Uh, Matt Hasek from Panther City, uh, speaking of Lucy's win games, is first on the team in loose balls with 72, caused turnovers with 15, 
and block shots with seven. Hasek is one of two players in the NLL that leads his team in each of those three categories. Is the other one his brother? <laughs> Surprise me. <laughs> right? <laughs> he didn't list who the other one was, but man, that's that's a hell of a stat right there for sure. Oh yeah. Um, that's that's the kind of stuff that, that wins championships. Not just games, championships. Yeah. The hustle plays are huge. And that's the type of stuff that helps Panther City potentially beat Saskatchewan this weekend. If they want to win, they need Matt Hasek to keep stepping up and doing the damn thing uh, for them. But I think without any further ado, Deej, we uh, we head on down to the pond of picks and feed some ducks as we get set for the NLL Week 14 Picks of the Week powered by our homies over at Pickup, go to playpickup.com, start playing the hottest headlines in sports, rack up points on your fam of profiles, cash them in for prizes on the Pickup Marketplace. That's playpickup.com. Starting off Friday night, Deej, Buffalo at Halifax in the Purple People Eater Showdown. Obviously, Buffalo has that purple accent, so we got to include them in there. Um Purple and orange, though, across the board. This is one of the better jersey matchups in the NLL and one of the better rivalries, I would say. These two teams always play each other tough. Um, usually goes down to the wire, but how do you see things going down in the nest in Halifax on Friday night? This is so hard. Because Halifax is playing at home. They haven't been bad recently. They haven't been great. They haven't been bad recently. Buffalo's playing good. And everything that we'll get into later with Twitter is almost like a fuel. But with Halifax playing at home, you almost want to throw anything else out of the window. <laughs> Going off of recent trends of this season, I'll have to go Buffalo. Yeah. I like Buffalo's kind of in that realm of we can't really pick against them right now. And even in their losses, they haven't really given you a reason to pick against them. Um, so I'm with you. I got to go Buffalo. I think it's going to be close. And this is a game that I think we both say if Halifax wins, we're not surprised. No, not at all. They they definitely have everything they need to to win this game, and that's why I think it's so hard to pick. Uh, moving on to Saturday, a loaded Saturday slate, eleven thirty a.m. Eastern time. The New York Riptide, the Philadelphia Wings. You guys already know where I'm going. Wings are at home for the first time in quite some time, literally an actual month since the last wings home game um when they put on that epic display against the albany firewolves um wings are even in the the loss to buffalo a couple weeks ago they still look damn good took them to overtime and i think we both agree all biases aside from everything we've seen since the trade happened mitch jones has changed the complexion of this team 110 percent like they just look like a completely different team offensively everyone's getting involved now and mitch is kind of just that quarterback that they have been longing for um so i gotta go with the wings at home uh they're gonna do it for the kids they gotta win for the kids 
I like the Wings to win this game. Um, New York has been very good offensively. Uh, I'm excited to watch like the offensive like chess match. Yeah, and 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 that's been probably the last like four or five weeks that New York has looked very good on the offensive side. It's just the small mental last, the small not fighting through a pick, the small letting a tight pass through that's that's killing them. Cleaning up those errors is something they can fix, and then they'll be a team we're talking about competing for a cup. Um, but right now, it, it's it's not necessarily there. So I think the Wings can take this one. And I think the Wings have the advantage in the transition game, which will inevitably help set up their offense the way that they need it to. And Trevor Baptiste is the best in the game. So give me the Wings there. Moving on to 4.30 p.m. Eastern time, the outdoor game, Las Vegas at San Diego. I'm having trouble reading this game. Vegas is frisky. I feel like it's been a long time since we've seen San Diego play a game. Um, but what what are you what are you taking away from this game, Deej, and how do you see it playing out? I mean, this one's an over-ender. It's happening outside. They're like making history. San Diego. There's no way San Diego loses this game. I don't see. It. <clears throat> Excuse me. I don't see it happening any other way. Um, Las Vegas is going to come out with firepower. They're going to play hard. They're going to play aggressive. They're going to hustle. They're going to score goals. They're going to make it tight because that's what Las Vegas does in all of their games. But I don't see them having enough to win on a night like this in San Diego. Yeah, it's still technically a, a home day game like too. It's still technically in San Diego as well. Um, San Diego is like fresh and rested, and they've got guys who who are just studs. Um, not saying Las Vegas isn't frisky, but I think San Diego just has the firepower up and down the floor, um, offensively, defensively, and with uh, Frank the Tank in in goal. Um, give me the seals. 7 o'clock, the nightcaps. Rochester at Toronto in a potential matchup for first place in the East, pending everything that goes down on Friday night, obviously. Um, this is going to be a doozy of a game. I think it's going to be super physical. Um, Connor Fields is playing some of the best box lacrosse of his career, if not the best right now for the Rochester Nighthawks. Um they're keeping things I feel like whenever anybody counts Rochester out they just continue to prove people wrong and it's like hey we're eight and two this deep into the season for a reason um they're hitting their stride Toronto though they are like such a well-oiled machine that like they seem like the, the episode of Spongebob in the dream sequence when Plankton's just zapping everybody away anybody that like steps in front of Toronto they're just like zapping them um and I feel like this year TD has started to really find his game at the box level um and and really find his stride there and, and feel comfortable in the transition game um in a close game the nod that I'm giving is because they're at home so give me Toronto Even though they're at home <clears throat> and it's going to be a close game and Toronto has Nick Rose, 
and Tom Schreiber. Jalen Rogers. TD Erlin and many other people. Calgary has been the only team recently to prove the theory wrong of winning in the same weekend twice. I think that's going to hold true. And I don't think Toronto wins this game. I think Rochester handles it. They reclaim that spot up top, potentially. Uh, And they're looking to build momentum off this. Rochester is looking into this game as this is one of those games that separates us. One of those games that that shows that we are here, we are competitors, and and we are coming for the cup. So I I think kind of Rochester almost has something to prove, Mm -hmm. whereas Toronto is solidified. Everybody knows Toronto. They know who they have on their team, what they're going to do. They're expecting them to make the playoffs at the two, three, maybe one seed and make a run. Rochester, this is all new. So I think they play off of that and grab the win. The other game at 7 o'clock, which is like the complete polar opposite of this game, Georgia at Albany. Um, Do we have to pick this one? Mom, Dad, do we have to pick this one? Um just for I'm basing this pick simply off of the fact that last week happened just give me give me Lyle Thompson give me the Georgia Swarm you know what I said last week same thing applies (laughs) Um, applies. I, I just can't pick a team after only scoring four goals against the same team just can't happen uh, eight o'clock. <laughs> I'm gonna leave, yeah, I'm gonna leave that alone. I'm gonna leave we, that alone. We can't get away from that game quick enough. Yeah, uh, yeah, we can leave that alone. Eight o'clock Eastern time on Saturday, Saskatchewan at Panther City, big one out west. Um, as we mentioned, Saskatchewan currently sitting at five and four, Panther City at six and five. So I believe if Panther City wins this game, they would leapfrog Saskatchewan in the standings and move into third in the West. Um, Panther City's been playing some good ball. Obviously, they they got duped a little bit by Colorado last week and more specifically Ryan Lee. Um, But they've got themselves a nice little little tandem right there with producer Donnie and, and Mr. Malcolm out there. It's kind of crazy. Though. Like those guys are popping off, and like you just forget Patrick Dodds is there still. Like he was the focal point last year. Now Donville's come in. Malcolm's having this fantastic, you know, season with Donville. You know, those two are in tandem, and it's like they still have Patrick Dodds. They still have Callum Crawford. Um, and for that reason, they're at home. I'm gonna go with Panther City. Me as well. Um, I think last week was. An interesting game, uh, possibly a fluke. Ryan Lee's first game back is always not necessarily just Ryan Lee, but you know everybody's first game back is always like they get the jitters, they're excited. Nobody had you know nobody's really seen them all year. There's a lot of things and factors that go into that. Um, so I think Panther City one gets back to being who they are, and. Wait, sorry. They're playing Saskatchewan this week, aren't they? Yeah. I want the rush. 
I, for some reason, I thought they were playing Colorado again. I definitely want the rush. The rush have been fantastic this year. They've been balling. Um, I made the mistake of going against them last week. I'm not going to do that again this week, even though Panther City is four and one. Or sorry, four. Yeah, four and one in their last five. The rush have looked very good this year. That's it. That's that's the tweet. That's the that's the the saying. That's the everything. The rush have looked very good this year. I just need Saskatchewan to prove to me that they can bounce back after losing to Vancouver. I also just like the way Panther City has played this year. Like it just like they they have like some of the best like highlight reel <laughs> goals this year and just moments. So them at home, I'm gonna take Panther City. And then final game, seven PM Eastern time. The city of brotherly love. The Philadelphia Wings, the Toronto Rock in another matchup between these two teams. Um Last time, these guys played at the Wells Fargo Center. The Wings got flat-out embarrassed. Um, that was the game before the uh, NFC Championship game. And everybody was tailgating and everything. So I think the the hype got to a lot of people with that one, including the Wings. But as we have brought up time and time and time again on this show, for whatever reason. And it's simply because they're they're a great fucking team. Tom Schreiber, Challen Rogers, and the Toronto Rock just get the best of the Philadelphia Wings. And that, that just happens in sports. There's just certain teams who always beat another team. And Toronto just happens to be that for Philadelphia. Until they prove me wrong, I gotta go with Toronto. Hey. I'm there. You heard me earlier. I said they was going to beat you. So, I'm not changing my mind on that. That has just become a death taxes and Toronto beats Philadelphia. That has been the the case for many, 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 many years. So That's tough. It's tough. It's tough to have a, a, a penciled in L on the schedule. But hopefully the boys prove me wrong and go out and get a much needed w because this weekend is honestly a big one for the wings in terms of the playoffs and, and getting back to 500 um so we'll see if it happens but here are the pick recap we're both going with buffalo both going with the wings uh in the 11 30 saturday game in the morning both going san diego in the outdoor game i've got toronto you've got rochester we're both going georgia i'm going panther city you're going saskatchewan we're both going Toronto on Monday Night Lacrosse on ESPN. Whoop! Those are your Week 14 NLL Picks of the Week, powered by Pickup. Uh, it's going to be a fun week. Looking forward to all of the games. Um, we did get PLL breaking news. Hit the sounder. Da-na-na-na-na-na. Mike Pressler. Named head coach and GM of Atlas Lacrosse Club. Stephen Brooks and Kevin Unterstein named assistant head coaches. So Stephen Brooks staying on board. Kevin Unterstein rejoining Atlas. Played for them, obviously, 
in his playing time in the PLL and now coming back as coach, which just around this time in 2022, in January of 2022, when KU announced his retirement from professional lacrosse, I said on this show that I could see Kevin Understein being a coach at some point in the PLL. And a little more than a year later, here we are. Kevin Understein is an assistant coach in the PLL. Um, but Mike Pressler, Deach, obviously coming from Bryant University, tell the people what you know about Mike Pressler and what Atlas fans who need to know about their new head coach and GM. How are you feeling about this hire? For a second, it kind of shocked me. Um, <clears throat> due to everything we saw with Stephen Brooks this summer, um, everything he's been for them already with his time with Atlas. Um, and and then everything or this summer, everything we saw in the championship series uh, as well. That's what that's what we're used to um, expecting the next guy to kind of just get that job, especially after their interim and they do well as interim. You expect the interim label to just drop and then become head coach. But then I started to think, what if, Brooks, you just didn't want the head coaching job. That was my guess. And anytime we've prefaced it on pod or I've talked to people, it's like, obviously, if he wants it. Yeah. And and then I was like, maybe he just didn't want it. And then I started to think of Pressler and his resume, especially with his time at Bryant, 16 years. They made it to six NCAA tournaments. I think they've made it as far as a quarterfinal one year. Um so he has the experience and definitely knows the game of lacrosse to uh, put this team in, you know, in the the right on the right track and get them into competitive uh, games. Not only just competitive games, but into the playoffs and, and possibly into a championship game. And that's that next step that Atlas has to take. Honestly, you know, they had the the dream team type of situation. They blow all that up. Rubior comes in, does the the draft pick, you know, acquiring and, and rebuild. Jeff Teat, Chris Gray, Jake Carraway, and, you know, every young guy under the sun. Kobe uh, falls to this team, and, you know, the list goes on and on of the young players that uh, he's been able to acquire and the draft picks he's been able to acquire. Um, now I think is, like, that next move of, like, your team does the rebuild, they make the playoffs, and then it's like, okay, how do we get to the championship level? And like you just, you know, you ran it down with Pressler, who has 37 years of collegiate coaching experience. Um, obviously, like you mentioned, he uh, was served as the head coach at Bryant University, led the Bulldogs to six NCAA tournament appearances, and he was previously the head coach at Duke University where he was a three-time ACC Coach of the Year and the 2005 FMARS Touchstone National Coach of the Year after leading the Blue Devils to a record 17-win season. Pressler was also named head coach of Team USA, uh, leading the men's national team to a gold medal in the 2010 World Championships. Quote from Paul Rabel here, already proven to be one of the greatest lacrosse coaches of the last two decades. We were thrilled by the readiness, strategic thought process, and excitement Coach Pressler brought to the table. Uh, his resume led by his gold medal uh, campaign with Team USA in 2010, followed by his Collegiate Coach of the Year awards at Duke 
and his ground building work for the Bryant lacrosse program will be an intru- will be all be instrumental to Atlas as they pursue a PLL championship. I look forward to watching his immediate impact on one of the top down most talented organizations in the world. Uh, and then a quote here from Pressler: the opportunity to coach professional lacrosse is an honor and a privilege. I'm looking forward to building on Atlas's success in the championship series to put together a complete team with eyes on a 2023 championship this summer. Uh, I am grateful to my dear friend, Paul Rabel, the PLL team and coach Brooks and Unterstein for their dedication to building a championship caliber Atlas lacrosse club. And then a quote from Steven Brooks here uh, said, I'm thrilled to join coach Pressler and continue to serve the Atlas lacrosse club as evidenced by our championship series performance. We have an incredible group of players, bought in on pursuing a championship uh, together. And I look forward to working with coach Pressler, coach Unterstein and the entire team to bring home a trophy this summer. I think it's cool that um, Atlas now have both of their assistant coaches are former Atlas lacrosse club players. Um, So that's pretty neat. And then, you know, two new head coaches in the league this year, a new two new assistant coaches as well with KU and, John Grant Jr. Uh, with the Woods. So some fresh blood on the coaching staffs in the PLL. Um, yeah, I mean. Right before free agency right. officially happens. That's Monday? I believe so. Man. That is. It's about to get ugly. That's about to get crazy. And I'm here for it. Um going to be wild it's going to be wild we did get two um contract extensions today as well pro lacrosse talk uh shout out to hut and tweeted those out cj costabile signed a two-year extension with chaos um and nick grill signed i believe a two-year extension as well with chrome so both of those boys not hitting the the free agent market um but yeah atlas has a lot to uh you know, look over and, and assess with their team. The Cannons obviously have a massive free agent period coming up um, as well with both of those teams having new head coaches. So we'll see what happens for Coach Pressler uh, moving forward. And as you guys know, we try to get these these coaches on the pod. So Coach Pressler, the floor is yours. It's always uh, an open mic to uh, come on OTB and uh, bring it on home. But Deej, moving on from the news portion of today's lacrosse uh, Twitter antics, we had quite the banter on lacrosse Twitter today that uh, I was like trying to keep up with. And at first I was like, what is going on? Because I was working the day job, couldn't really be scrolling the tweet machine too much. But a clip from an interview uh that Paul Rabel was a part of surface today um I'm trying to find the exact one it was uh sports talk on prime um I don't know the exact show it was with Ben Lyons um who is the host of sports talk on prime Paul Rabel on there. The tweet clip says one of Paul Rabel's goals for Premier Lacrosse is to help make the sport more accessible at every level. We'll put the clip in um, to show everybody. But long story short, 
Paul mentions that Trevor Baptiste is the first black lacrosse player in professional lacrosse history to win the MVP. Now, we all know Dane Smith is a multi-time NLL MVP and was the very first like in any level of professional lacrosse to win the MVP. And everyone on Twitter lost their goddamn minds. Now, we want to preface this here. At least I do. We love Dane on this show. Dane is hes one of our OG guests, and uh, Dane is a boy. I think if you ask Dane, and, and we don't mean to speak for Dane here, um, and we'll get into some of the other tweets that, that surfaced from this clip and just give full-blown takes on it. I think if you ask Dane about this, he would lean more to what we're about to get into than what transpired today. I know everybody wants to be all up in arms when anybody from the PLL references pro lacrosse and doesn't say field lacrosse, box lacrosse, this, that, and the third. I think the PLL has been around long enough now that we all as a collective need to realize that when anybody from the PLL is referencing pro lacrosse, they are referencing the field version of the game. It is not to take a slight at the box game because I have evidence of Paul praising the NLL and it inspiring what happened in Virginia last week with the Sixes tournament and the championship series. So I think we need to, number one, remember that anytime that happens, it's not the PLL people, you know, whether they're front office or, or employees or whatever, are talking down on the NLL. It's an IP thing, and I think Jerry Raganese, you know, said it perfectly. It's an IP thing. It's a and you and I have talked about this a ton and, and other people have talked about it a ton. Like it's not that they don't want to promote the sport. It's not that they don't want to promote the players. The NLL and the PLL are just two completely different IPs. They're two completely different businesses. And that's what you have to look, you know, the old saying is, you know, sport, it's, it's all, you know, sports is a business. At the end of the day, it's a business decision. The players always say when they get cut or traded, this, that, and the third. It's a business. That would be like, you know, a, a fast food restaurant talking about another fast food restaurant. It's the same type of situation. And it's not that they're exactly rivals, because I think we can all agree that since the PLL started, guys are allowed to play in both leagues. It makes it more accessible and way easier than when the MLL was starting in April. It's just the fact that they are two completely separate entities. And I think Trevor gave a flawless breakdown of everything. You know, obviously he was brought up in the entire situation. Um, Trevor's, Quote tweeted the the video clip 
and said, appreciate the shout out. Paul Rabel seems, uh, if this post seems as if this post caused some grief and I want to give context from my perspective. Um, one Dane Smith is a multi MVP in the NLL and is black and deserves all the recognition for the person and player. He is two. Paul is in an interview advocating and promoting the PLL. I don't think it's fair to say he needs to be promoting or speaking the NLL within an interview for the PLL. We cannot, this is number three. We cannot overlook that Paul Rabel is bringing more light to lacrosse at the highest level. And whether you know it or not, it's benefiting everyone close to the game as well as push back the start date in the PLL. So guys can play both PLL and NLL when the MLL started in April. Four, it's sad that more negative press is coming from this post than when players actually do well or break barriers like Dane Smith and others have done and are continuing to do. Five, this was an interview about the championship series and he took a minute to highlight me and making lacrosse more accessible. I don't think his intentions were to slight anyone. That's the other thing that we have to take away from uh, this clip surfacing. It's a clip from a full show that social media, no matter what, clips will be taken out of context all the fucking time. And that is the purpose, whether you like it or not, of a clip. It is a moment in a show or in a skit or in a bit, whatever type of digital content you're producing, people post clips because they know it will get people talking, it will get numbers, it will drive interaction to your show, to your post, to your content. We got to remember that, everybody. It is a clip from a full, non-context situation on a show, like Trevor said, promoting the championship series. It's not that difficult to conceptualize and understand. Paul Rabel also responded to um, one of the Cornwall brothers. And I want to pull Paul's tweet up as well. So Paul, uh, so Travis Cornwall quote tweeted the clip and said, the first black lacrosse MVP, professionally speaking, quote Paul Rabel. Honestly, it's not even the race angle that's getting to me. It's that the actual first guy is another player in your league. At Dane Smith 92 please talk to this man. Paul responds and says, at MT Cornwall 20 you're right. I apologize. At Dane Smith 92 is an incredible player and a two-time MVP in the at NLL. The interview is on the Premier Lacrosse, at symbol, obviously, uh, and I was referring to PLL and MLL historically, but should have taken the time to recognize Dane's achievements in the NLL. And I think from that tweet, we were talking about this pre-show too. I think from that tweet, him saying that he should have taken time to recognize Dane's achievements is just him saying, I should have recognized Dane as the person and just the overall player that he is. So I understand where Paul is coming from that. Um, but it's like, it's, it's not, not everything that happens in this fucking sport that we all enjoy when it is on television needs to be turned into this toxic wasteland on the internet. It's ridiculous. And you wonder why people don't want to watch the sport or get involved in the sport 
from this aspect because people just want to make the most ridiculous takes and post the most toxic bullshit on the internet for a tweet clip from a show on Amazon Prime that was promoting the business that the guy is the president of. I'm sick of it. We're both sick of it. We talked about it pretty We're both sick of just the toxicity and the constant bickering and infighting that is such a huge, like, just reason that this sport, like, self-shackles itself to the wall and looks like Hannibal Lecter on the fucking board and is just shaking around like crazy because we can't get our heads out of our asses. I was going to say something, but I, like... <laughs> I just can't. I've I've been talking about it for the last like month on on every pod. Like there's there's nothing more for me to say other than just stop it. It's 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 two different entities. You talk about box, you talk about box, we talk about field, PLL, outdoor, whatever you want to call it, you talk about that. They're separate. That's it. If you want to talk about a player that plays in both, acknowledge that player in both. Other than that, I don't expect the NLL to talk a lot about the PLL and vice versa. It's common sense. It's literally just common sense. It's just like, if we can deduce this sitting here, just talking on a podcast, you can deduce this in your brain by just taking a moment to step back and realizing what is going on just stop being morons that's all we ask we we both here and everybody who's ever worked on this show appreciate the nll for what it is and appreciate the relationships and the bonds and the friendships that we have because of the nll this show doesn't exist without the nll and we also can acknowledge the fact that we appreciate the relationships the bonds the growth and the friendships and, and everything that the PLL has afforded us. The show isn't this iteration that it is without the PLL. And the fact that whenever we talk to people from both leagues, they understand that we're cool with people from both leagues. And this is the most symbiotic, the NLL and a pro field lacrosse league whether it was MLL and now PLL, have been working hand-in-hand with each other. Could it be better on some fronts? Yes. You and I talked about it off-pod, and we talked about it after the the championship game uh, last PLL season when Josh Byrne brought up, you know, players' bodies are tired. Like, we need to take player safety and player health into effect when it comes to guys who play both NLL and PLL. Are there adjustments and things that can be had to to make that a better situation for those guys that do play both? Absolutely. And we can acknowledge that. But the just petty bullshit and just trying to get tweets off and jokes off for interactions and shit is just so lazy. It's yawn-worthy and just, like, not you don't look cool by doing it. You're I, Like, you think you're doing something when you're really not doing a damn fucking thing. And that happens a lot. A lot. That kind of thing. And it's lot. on both ends of the spectrum, fan-wise, media-wise. And, like, I love all these people. But it's like, can we just sit down and realize 
for 30 seconds how silly it actually looks. And you hear us talking right now, or you're watching us on YouTube. We're not separating, oh, it's the NLL fans. Oh, it's the PLL fans. It's both fucking league fans. It's both league people involved who just look silly. Like, you look silly. And just stop looking silly for 30 seconds. And just realize we are living in the fucking golden era of this sport right now. And it's only going to go up if we keep pushing forward. It's going to be okay. You don't have to acknowledge things by name. We don't have to be petty. And we can all just sit around and enjoy this fucking sport for what it is. You're making something that is literally labeled and known as the medicine game toxic online. So backwards. Get a grip. So backwards. We just had to acknowledge that because Deej and I were talking all day about it, and it was just like we were just so sick of it. Um, will it end? Probably not because people are too hard-headed, but that's besides the point. Deej, talk to me about college lacrosse. It's brought to you by our awesome peeps over at Dubby Energy. Uh, they have been keeping Deej and I energized for weeks now. With all of the lacrosse we've been watching, they're going to war on big energy, and you should be doing the same thing. Uh, w is clean energy. There's no shakes, no jitters, and you're probably like, guys, every energy drink says that. Why are you promoting this one? Well, it's because there's no calories, there's no sugar, no maltodextrin fillers, no artificial colors, and like we said, I, I have personally been using Dubby now for about a month. I have not once had like any caffeine jitters or shakes or anything like that from drinking Dubby. Um, they're the best in the game, and they have that patented neurofactor in their ingredients, which has been clinically proven to improve brain cognitiveness and performance by up to 143%. A lot of Dubby's products right now are on pre-order, um, but if you go to Dubby.gg right now and you place an order for any of their flavors – or any of their products that are on pre-sale right now. That includes the Big Energy Tears Blue Raspberry flavor, the Dub Sludge Granny Smith Apple, uh, and Special Sauce. They've got the Passion Joy uh, Tea, which is the Passion Fruit Iced Tea flavor, the Push and Punch Fruit Punch flavor, and the one that I really want to try to teach, the Galaxy Grenade. Uh, that is That sounds like the most like magical combination of flavors watermelon guava and lime sign me up hachi machi and then they also have the hydro hydration caffeine free monkey madness which is strawberry banana flavor um so go to w.gg check out everything that they've got get your pre-orders in they do have the uh starter pack available as well right now with the dragonade and the beach and peach which are the two flavors i have tubs of here at the studio and they are absolutely delicious uh w.gg use code underground for 10 percent off any and all orders it's an effective way to support everything we're doing here uh so go get your your energy clean up your energy game and go to war on big energy with us and our friends over at dubby talk to me deej college lacrosse another week in the books what, what do we got to know from what happened in the college game? Last week was bananas. Um, Notre Dame proving once again that 
they should be in the thick of things and that they're a team to watch. Handled Georgetown with absolutely no problem, 15-8. Um, the whole Atlantic 10 or ASUN or whatever those conferences are, everything that got mixed up when High Point's conference dropped out last year is going to be bananas. High Point beating Navy 14-13 was such a good game. I got to watch a, a good handful of that. Very impressed with High Point. But Navy's going to be good this year as well. Um, their defense just has a few things to tighten up on. Army West Point looks really good. They're starting to stack a few wins together. Um, one of those things where we just have to see what they look like in conference play. John Hopkins took care of Utah just like I thought they would at home. Um, but that Jersey matchup was beautiful. Absolutely loved everything about it. Um, Virginia absolutely embarrassed Ohio State at home. Virginia looking like the best team in the country. And I might pencil them in as my national champion right now. Question mark. Um, Duke beat Penn in a very good game. Brennan O'Neill and Sam Handley went at it. Um, but also... Andrew McAdory might be one of the best Dodgers in the country. Um, dude is insane. He he literally can break down just about any defender in the country. Um, he had a highlight reel play that uh, he literally put put a homie in in like two two spin cycles back 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 bang, and ball was in the back of the net. Back 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 gone. It, it was crazy. It was crazy. I mean, St. Joe's went in and stomped Providence. Um, so they're putting on for the for the Philly boys. The Hawk will never die, boys. <laughs> Maryland handled Princeton um, 11-5. Princeton, once again, we've talked about um, how the Ivy League kind of gets this respect, and they haven't really lived up to it recently. Um, we see that happen multiple times last week with Princeton dropping to Maryland, Yale dropping to Penn State. Uh, Rutgers beat Loyola, Maryland, which I did not see coming. I thought Loyola was going to give them more than a handful because they have been a very tough team uh, this year. Denver beat Merrimack 13-9. North Carolina handled Syracuse, which was a phenomenal game, even though the score was 19-13. There was some or that was a good year. Uh, maybe. I don't know. Not really. Shots oh, wait, nah. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, there were a few go goals late at the game that really stretched that score out. It was it was a lot closer than perceived. Um, and then High Point went out and absolutely dominated Hampton the next day, 27-9, um, to continue things in, in their That's weekend. That's a football going, score. Going back-to-back. -back. Um, Villanova beat Delaware 13-12. That was an electric game. Um, Brown top Vermont by 10. That was really the only noticeable things on Sunday. Nothing too great there. Villanova playing Delaware sounds like the second round of the NCAA tournament for basketball. It, yeah, it does. It does. <laughs> You're right. Rutgers beat St. John's as well. Um, yes, or on Tuesday. They beat them 20 to 6, so they, they, they really put the hammer on them. Gave them some work. Um, Loyola, Maryland also beat Townsend. They, they dropped to uh, Rutgers the other day, but they're absolutely owning Maryland, Baltimore, the entire area. They they own it. They beat Townsend. They beat Maryland. They beat Hopkins. 
They own it all. Stone Cold Steve Austin's glass crack hits. My God, that's <laughs> Michael Sowers music. <laughs> Marquette has looked really good in back-to-back games. 10-5 over Detroit Mercy. They beat Michigan uh, last week as well. So they're looking good. LIU and UMass played today. Only game of the day, but no score. Posted online. So not really sure what happened there. Mm-hmm. Moving into this weekend. Or sorry, that's tomorrow. Today is Thursday. LIU and UMass play tomorrow. They're the only game tomorrow. Um, Yale and UMass play on Saturday. Utah and Rutgers will be a good game. Michigan goes out east to play Delaware. High Point and Jacksonville will be fireworks. St. Joe's and John Hopkins. Notre Dame in Maryland, Denver, North Carolina, Cornell, Ohio State, Penn, Penn State, Georgetown, Princeton, Merrimack, Quinnipiac, Townsend going for another Baltimore win against UMBC. I think they'll handle that with no problem whatsoever. Looks like Denver, North Carolina, maybe. I don't know. Notre Dame, Maryland's a very good game. That's probably the game to watch. Notre Dame, Maryland. Georgetown, Princeton will be good. Virginia will probably run through Richmond. I mentioned High Point, Jacksonville, and I mentioned their conferences and how good those games will be throughout the year. Duke, Syracuse, the lone game on Sunday. Shout out to the boys. I'm locked in for that. Um, Brennan O'Neill has been practicing as Joey Spolina, so we'll see how that works out for their defense and who's going to come out on top. Um, but I'm leaning toward Duke. Virginia, John Hopkins play on Tuesday. Give me Virginia, but I wouldn't be surprised to see John Hopkins uh, pull out a win there. They've been playing very good uh, as of recent. Closing things out on Wednesday, Penn and St. Joe's playing for the Philly championship amongst themselves. Villanova Drexel also playing in a Philly championship amongst themselves. And Jacksonville will play UMass Lowell. Stacked week, lots going on, lots of top teams playing. So expect some expect some shuffling on the boards for next week. And before people cancel me, I just had Philadelphia on the mind when we were talking about St. Joe's and just Philly on my brain. When I said the stone cold uh, glass crack, I meant to say Pat Spencer, not Michael Sauer. So don't cancel me or I'll fight you. Not really, because I don't choose violence. I choose peace. Um <laughs> Update on my college lacrosse recruitment tour. We had another team thrown into the ring by our boy Chris. Shout out to Chris. Uh, added UNC to the list. So we've got three on the list now, Deej. Syracuse, Denver, UNC. A lot of front runner type of teams. A lot of like big name schools. Those, those like blue blood type of schools. If you're talking, you know, college basketball. Throwing the throwing the wild card teams for me. Slide in the DMs at OTB Pod. Slide in my DMs. Tweet at me. Let me know the teams. Tag the teams. We want to know. I think I need to put a graphic out there for the people. Uh, we need TLM. We need Poolskis to to get behind this and uh, help us out here. I know he'd probably be like, "Oh, UNC all day," um, but. <laughs> Need uh need that bump from the college lacrosse Twitter peeps. So uh, let us know who you want to uh, see join the recruitment tour process. Hey, by the time 
you know, PLL season rolls around, Teach, we might have a, a real opportunity for <laughs> that school that you hate to just throw themselves at me because we will be at their stadium. <laughs> you know what that means, right? That means I'm going to have to fly you out here to a UMish game at some point. Not saying that I'm picking Ohio State, but like. Oh, no, man, I won't. I won't let you. I, I, I won't let like, myself. Good. Good, because no. But you, you'll be finding a new co-host. And I'll start my own pod. I'll know what I'm with. inside the box. I fucking hate you. <laughs> a direct slide at Underground Sports Philadelphia and Kyle Bennett. Oh shit. I do like you can be pandered to, and I am excited to and I know you hate you hate the school, but I know but you're excited. also excited to go to that stadium. Yeah, um, yeah. As much as I hate the school, the state, and everything else surrounding it, I can't wait to to see a beautiful facility. You know, lacrosse is lacrosse. A facility dedicated to it is exactly that. And I'm going to see some of the best players in the world. Not, not some of the, the best players in the world, along with the same ones that play in the NLL, for all of you that are listening playing on that field so it's going to be fantastic the fans are going to be there the atmosphere will be everything it was if not better than it was in 2019 Um, yeah so i'm here for it and for anybody that's going to be in columbus this summer uh i'm going to be out there for an entire week um i got a big old contract podcast production job that's going on in columbus i just so happened to line up with PLL Columbus weekend, which is very exciting. Um, so if you're in the Columbus area, you listen to the show, you want to like link up and, and, you know, say what's up throughout the entire week. I will be in Columbus. So let's, let's get OTB popping in, uh, in the Columbus area that the entire week, like let's, let's make a week out of it. I think we need to, um, we need to reach out to local area places that we think since I do have some like connects and like boots on the ground type of situations can reach out to people in Columbus. It would be sick if we could get a live pod in Columbus that weekend. That would be fire. We should plan that. I think we could do that. We could plan that. Stay tuned for more info on that. We'll bring the real sickos who have listened an hour and 26 ish minutes into this episode and heard this. Uh, comment on YouTube, um, hashtag OTB Ohio. That's how we'll know you got to this point. Um, but yeah, that's something you got to follow us on the socials for at OTB Laxpod to keep up to date with everything we're doing. Twitter, Instagram, follow Deej on Twitter at SCS underscore next great. Follow me at KBIZZL311. Follow Deej's new project that he'll be working on along with Casey and Owen Liberator. Our F1 content is here. Um, at Underground F1 uh, on Instagram and at Underground underscore F1 on Twitter. Uh, and, of course, subscribe to the Outside the Box podcast feed on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We're there. Leave a five-star rating and review. Also leave hashtag OTB Ohio in the Apple podcast reviews. That's how we'll know the real sickos got to this point of the pod. Um, 
subscribe, 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 subscribe. We can't say it enough. Go subscribe to the pod on Apple and Spotify. Leave a five-star review. Subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. You get full video episodes, live streams. We will let you guys know by, like, Friday morning if there will be an OTB cast at 4.30 p.m. Eastern time for Seals Vegas uh, for the outdoor game. Um, follow us, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. Trying to get to 500 subscribers now. We're at 400. Let's keep the subscriber train rolling. Uh, go subscribe. Smash that like button. Ring the bell icon. Comment down below. Hashtag OTB Ohio. And go get your merch. PHIapparel.co. Use code underground for 10% off any and all merch orders. And this has been episode number 264 of the allegedly award-nominated, honorably mentioned, number nine NCAA ranked, and of course viewable on YouTube, Outside the Box podcast, the official lacrosse podcast on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. For Deej, I'm KB. Let's all be friends, and uh, we will see you guys next week. But until then, we're getting the heck up out of here. Peace. And that's outside the box.